This is the John Oakley Show podcast. When it came to the study that's uh, been about a year in the making, uh, very comprehensive and thorough, uh, obviously there are some things as cautionary tales to uh, consider when it comes to our drinking water and uh, lead levels, but I was just reading uh, the opening salvo in this report by Global News Institute for Investigative Journalism and uh, the Toronto Star and Global News. Many children in schools and daycares across Canada are likely being exposed to dangerous levels of lead in their drinking water and don't know it. What's the story? What's going on? Let's find out. Megan Robinson is on the line, Global News investigative journalist here on The Oakley Show. Megan, good to have you on board. Good afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. This has uh, been a long investigation, so I'm happy it's finally out and we can talk about it. Well, yeah, as I say, you know, this popped out right at me uh, that these schools and daycares, because first and foremost, you would consider, you know, the children are being vulnerable at this tender age and uh, all of these things they might be susceptible to. Uh, How is it that you can have uh, across this country many children uh, in schools and daycares being exposed to dangerous levels of lead in the drinking water and they don't know it? Yeah, so there's no federal standard in terms of the regulation for lead in drinking water. Health Canada recently, earlier this year, revised its guideline. It's a recommendation. And they say the provinces should make the limit five parts per billion. That's how lead in drinking water is measured. However, most of the provinces haven't caught up. Only one, Nova Scotia, is currently using that federal recommendation. Ontario is still using a higher limit of 10 parts per billion. But a lot of experts that we have spoken to for this story over the last year and a half have said there are no safe levels, especially for children. And so if people don't know, if parents don't know, if schools aren't doing a good enough job informing the people that are entrusting their children with them, then there's a problem. Well, all right. To what extent is there a problem or potentially one? Because uh, when it comes to schools and daycares in the province, what does the data show in terms of perhaps vulnerability? Yeah, well, I can tell you that we went over 100,000 test results from the 2016-2017 and 2017-2018 and school year, so over a two-year period. And over that time, I can tell you that more than 2,400 schools and daycares exceeded the current federal limit, so that five parts per billion, because that's what Health Canada's recommendation is. And 2,400, some of those, around two dozen, had lead levels high enough to have an immediate impact on a child, like could 100% have an an impact. Um, And and that's cause for concern. Now, I will say this is a big jump, almost 300% jump from two two years ago. And part of the reason is because there's more testing and the the standards are tougher. Um, Ontario is the only province that regulates testing annually for schools and daycares. And they have to meet a certain criteria. So not only is there more testing, uh, but we're finally getting a bigger, broader picture across the province of exactly where there are issues, um, you know, whether it's based on infrastructure or the water itself. Um, And I think because of the testing, this picture is getting clearer as to what the problem is. Well, it says nearly a third of all Ontario schools and daycares had at least one test result that was about about five parts per billion uh, in that Mm -hmm. time frame you suggest, 33%. That seems inordinately high, but are you saying because it's now uh, more testing, more sophisticated testing? Yeah, and I think the standard is tougher. I mean, five parts per billion is 
you know, n- not low enough for a lot of people. Um, however, because of that lower standard, there are more exceedances. So, the, you know, the 2,400 schools is that one-third. Um, and some of those had really high testing. The highest test overall was actually in Markham, a school there. They had a single test of over 6,700, 1,300 times the current federal limit. And when we asked about it, from what I understand, no one of the parent council parents were not made aware of this. Uh, however, the school board did take immediate action and continued to test and then ultimately removed the specific tap where that test was taken, and it was no longer accessible to people. But that's a really high test result, and I think people deserve to know whether it is on the low end, maybe it's 10 parts per billion, or maybe it is 6,000. I think regardless of what it is, people deserve to know. Well, and as you say, uh, so they took remedial uh, steps because Ontario requires all schools and daycares to test their water, uh, and so they have to immediately uh, do something to remedy the situation. But I wanted to get to, you know, when we're talking about kids in daycares and in schools, and you're saying that this, in some cases, with that a high level, it may have immediate consequences. Spell out for us, what are some of the detrimental health consequences to lead in the water? You know, it's really tough to say to tie all of that uh, together, but a lot of experts say that it can have long-term effects in terms of cardiovascular disease, um, effects on your heart. Um, But for children specifically, it does have... Um, it has been linked to an increased risk of ADHD and uh, loss of IQ. So it affects children and their cognitive growth, especially younger kids. So, you know, three, four years old, they can definitely be more impacted if lead levels are high and they're not aware. You know, lead in water doesn't have a taste. It doesn't have a smell. You can't see it. uh, And it's not something you can absorb through your skin. You have to ingest it. So, the only way to really know if you are consuming high amounts of lead is to have your blood tested. Oh, I see. And the blood test actually will determine the level of lead in your blood, or is it uh, just a flag that says uh, you ought to test the water? Uh, it can. Uh, it can actually do both. I mean, if, if you think it's very easy for you to be able to tell if you do have, say, lead pipes at home, you'll be able to see them. Um, and there are steps you can take to test them, especially if you're living in the city of Toronto. R- receiving a test which is free from the city is quite easy to do. So you can test your water. But at schools, it's different. So certainly with this investigation, while we are kind of signaling a bit of an alarm bell here, I think it's an opportunity for people to ask questions. Most schools don't have lead plumbing. The school that was the focus of my specific story for Global News um, was in Oakville, and that school had no lead plumbing. But it's possible that it had lead fixtures because a lot of older schools, you know, made past or earlier than 1950, um, even 1970. Um, They do use lead fixtures. So whether it's a fountain or a tap, that sort of thing, it really depends on the situation. And there's so many intricacies and nuances with all of this uh, that it's tough to have a a very definitive answer as to what causes it uh, and where. We would need to have a specific case. Well, yeah, but it raises a specter that, uh, for instance, some communities that may have lead in their water, Hamilton might uh, be one such cited that... uh, 20,000 homes are still impacted by, I guess it's lead water mains, but uh, according to sources there from what I read in this investigative report, that could take 40 years to retrofit. Is that a consideration? Whether it's for schools, daycares, or communities, uh, sometimes they feel it's too much of a financial burden. How do we get around that? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, uh, in Ontario, apparently the bill for, you know, Renewal projects is around $16 billion in total for all Ontario schools. And 
That's a lot. So there's a backlog of repairs. Um, but there are some solutions that some cities are doing. So while you know, in Toronto, for example, the, the schools and daycares are regulated by the province, the water is specifically coming from Toronto and Toronto water. So they manage that on a day-to-day -day basis. Toronto added something a few years ago called orthophosphate to its water. Basically, it's making the water less corrosive. So in Toronto, it's not something we have to worry about in so much in that the the additive to the water is doing its job. For residents, it's made water uh, and, and has diminished the level of lead exceedances by 90% since they added it. And so it is very effective, but it's a short-term solution. Long-term, yes, removing all lead fixtures, lead piping, lead soldering, lead brackets, all of that needs to be removed. But as you're saying, and I agree, it's a really costly thing, and to start digging it all up uh, would take a lot of time. Needless to say, uh, yeah, especially with the older infrastructure in the old city of Toronto, I was looking at a map of uh, where those water mains may have been laid down as long as 100 years ago, and uh, I know they're doing piecemeal some work on that, but it does become cost prohibitive. And what you're citing across this country, uh, outside of Toronto and Ontario, uh, other precincts or jurisdictions from Nova Scotia out to B.C., Everybody seemingly has an issue, or there are some issues in all these parts of the country. No one's immune from that. So we're looking at perhaps major infrastructure overhauls uh, writ large. Yeah, and we've already seen some immediate action from some municipalities and some provinces. Uh, two weeks ago, we went early with this story in Quebec, and the province has uh, said that they will be lowering their provincial limit to the federal recommendation of five parts per billion. Um, but there are some other things going on, and I think one of the important things with this, and for anyone listening right now, if you're curious, uh, we've created a really cool interactive tool with a lot of the data that we've compiled for this story over the last year and a half. So from 2016 to 2018, we have a list of all of the schools and daycares in Ontario, and you can look up and see if your child's school or daycare was impacted and how their test results fared compared to the rest. And as you mentioned, there's that interactive map of Toronto. You can look and see what your community is like, and hey, maybe that signals you to go and get a lead test. Um, because the results in Ontario are public, it gives us a bit of an advantage here. We can go to Ontario.ca, look up the information, but it's not like that around the, the rest of the country. In a lot of cases, we actually filed over 600 freedom of information requests for this information um, in almost every other city that we worked on outside of Ontario, and uh, like over a thousand doors were knocked on. We really had to dig to get this information, and I think now that it's out there, people should ask some questions and, and maybe do their own testing to see if they are safe. And if they are, amazing. But if they're not, there are definitely steps that they can take to make sure that they are in the future. And Megan, finally, just so I understand, you're saying all Toronto or Ontario schools have been tested and are part of, uh, I guess, what you've got there, the, the glossary of schools that have uh, and daycares that have been looked into? Yeah, so the testing was done as part of a, a mandatory regulation. Uh, so the government put that in place and changed the regulation back in 2017. So Ontario is the only province to include both schools and daycares. That data is public. It is on Ontario.ca. You can download a zip file and go through all of the same Excel spreadsheets that we did. But what we did specifically for our tool on our website is we compiled all of the data. Uh, so you can actually have an easy way to look at the last two full years of testing solely uh, by by searching in the school uh, name or location, and then you can you can see how they fared in terms of their test results. That's great to know. Very comprehensive and thorough, and I appreciate your time explaining all. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, John. You got it. Megan Robinson, Global News Investigative Journalist.
on the lead in the water scenario. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 